Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the host of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Berizaki. Welcome again to Growing in Grace. I'm Mike Kapler, along with my friend Joel Berizaki. We're glad you're with us. Just taking some time out of our day to uh, share with you some things that uh, we like to talk about, uh, primarily the grace of the gospel and the good news that we have in Jesus Christ. And no matter what you've heard in the past, we're here to let you know it is good news that we're talking about today. Very good news. In fact, I think today we wanted to talk about how we need to keep the law in order to be justified in front of God. <laughs> now, we might have new listeners out there, Joel. He means the opposite of that, of course. <laughs> Well, isn't that why the law was given? <laughs> now, we spent, the, I guess, the past couple of weeks kind of talking about the purpose of the law and, and how, uh, how the law wasn't given uh, in order to be, for man to be justified in front of God. And I guess we'll maybe continue on with some of that today. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see where it leads us. I was, you know, a, a verse has been going around in my mind for the last week or so that, you know, it's just, just something I, I long to share with with other people to help to help people to be free from rules and regulations and from from religion and from trying to live this life pleasing God by what they do and just know that God accepts us uh, because of His grace and because of His mercy, not because of of how well we are. And I, and I was looking in, in Romans uh, Romans three where, where Paul in in verse ten, starting at verse ten, he quotes a whole bunch of Old Testament verses talking about how mankind is depraved you know where there's no one righteous no not one no one who understands there is no one who seeks after god and he goes on quoting from various places like isaiah and and proverbs and from the psalms making the case that god says that in front of him in in and of ourselves there's no one who is righteous and then he says we know that whatever the law says it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and the world become guilty before God. And I'm I'm the type of person, Cap, who usually I like to think in concepts. I don't some you know sometimes you get, I spend some time parsing and, and breaking things down. And here's one of those cases where instead of a concept, I'm kind of I'd like to break this verse down a little bit. Uh, we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law. So we know that if the law is saying something, if we're looking at the Bible and reading something about the law, or if Jesus is talking to somebody about the law, whatever the law says, it's talking to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped. So the purpose of the law, the purpose of Jesus' talking law, the purpose of of uh, God giving the law, is that every mouth can be stopped. In, in other words, we stop justifying ourselves by what we do, and the whole world become guilty before God. Mm. Well, that's good stuff. I mean, we have been talking the past couple of weeks about, you know, it, because it's so important, Joel, because we, most of us, you know, either through church circles or, or, or some other reason, uh, we, we've been, at least, I think we've established in our own minds that in order for us to, to be in covenant with God or under His grace or in a relationship with Him, even as a born-again Christian, somehow we allow this mentality of keeping the commandments and the law uh, toward uh, toward keeping our relationship with God intact. And, and um, 
it, it's 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 such an important thing. We we could probably continue talking about this from now until <laughs> until the day we die or until Jesus comes back. You know, just because there's so much, and and, and you can see why Paul spent so much time on it in, in the in the new in the New Testament because it, it's it's really such a key issue toward really moving on in your faith. Right. That's that's true. And and and. The thing about uh, know, knowing the purpose of the law and, and, and knowing that it's not part of, of Christianity uh, is to realize that the law was given there to lead us to Christ and not to keep us in Christ. It's basically uh, one phrase that I've lately been calling it is that it's pre-Christian teaching. And it's, uh, it's stuff that is meant to lead us to Christ but not keep us in Christ. So if Jesus was talking like, say, to the rich young ruler that, that came to him, the rich young ruler said, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus gave him the law. He said, do these things. The purpose of that wasn't to say that you can be justified by keeping the law, but it was to show this man was to stop his mouth, was to stop this man from justifying himself by the law, but that he would become guilty or that he would understand his guilt before God, rather than trying to keep on justifying himself by what he does. And I think we do mix these things up, Cap, in, in church circles today. Uh, we take what Jesus said, and we think that's what he's saying to us. He's saying, you know, we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do all these things, where Jesus is really using the law at, in its proper place to stop our mouths from justifying ourselves, to to, you know, to help us realize our guilt so that we can then turn away from justifying ourselves by what we do to Christ. Once we're in Christ, the whole life is based upon faith, not upon our keeping of the law. Yeah, a lot of times I think our teachings get, uh, and, and I'm, I'm probably just as guilty of it as the next person, our teachings, uh, we, we take the old covenant and the new a lot of times, we, we shake them up, mix them in the blender, and it's no wonder sometimes people walk out confused and, and uh, condemned, or bewildered, and, and uh, just not feeling all that good about themselves when they walk out of church or, or some other sort of um, you know, Christian group, whatever that may be. Uh, I was looking uh, a while back, Joel, in Second Corinthians, um, probably a verse we've touched on before, I'm not sure, but uh, I believe it's Second um, Corinthians chapter 3. Paul referred to the commandments as the ministry of death. Mm-hmm. He said, and I'm picking up in the middle of a thought here, um, but if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Imagine uh, the commandments being called the ministry of death. It almost sounds like an oxymoron, the ministry of death. Um, but that's what he called the commandments. Yeah, can you imagine bringing that up to, you know, to somebody in church somewhere and saying, you know, someone who's talking about how we're supposed to live and, and <laughs> about the law and then saying, well, that's the ministry of death. <laughs> I mean, who, who would think of such a thing? Well, yeah, I mean, you're walking out, you're shaking hands with a pastor, and you say, oh, I see you've got the ministry of death hanging up there on the wall. <laughs> I mean, that, that's why I don't get too shook up when we hear about some of these things with, uh, you know, oh, the Ten Commandments are being pulled out of all the courtrooms and... And, you know, it does sort of dishearten me just because 
Um, it, it just sort of seems like you've got a lot of atheistic type people out there who just want to remove God out of everything. So I'm disappointed in that way. But I don't get quite as shook up as I used to about the Ten Commandments not being able to be posted because, uh, and it's interesting, Joel, because I heard a, a conservative political commentator uh, who's uh, considered on that dangerous right wing, you know, um, he, uh, he made the comment too, and it surprised me that he didn't really understand why everybody was getting so shook up over something that couldn't save you in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I just found that very interesting that it was the commandments um, that nobody could keep them anyway, and it was because of the commandments that we needed a Savior. And uh, so, yeah, again, coming back to what, what, what was the law for and why was it given? Right, and uh, I guess another example of, I mean, of one thing that the law will show us if if we really if we really pay attention and really understand it, instead of trying to justify ourselves by it, uh, is is that there's absolutely no way that we can live up to the standard of it. And another story talks about a certain lawyer coming up to Jesus to test him and saying, "What should I do to inherit eternal life?" And Jesus, you know, it's, it's the same thing. Uh, about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And the man said to him, You have answered rightly. Or Jesus said to him, Do this rightly, and you will live. Now, it's easy to say that. It's easy to say, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. It's easy to say, Love your neighbor as yourself. But, how do you do that? And Jesus gives a story about the Good Samaritan. The, you know, the, the the Jew had fallen among thieves, and he was left half dead. A priest came by, a Levite came by. Uh, they all passed on the other side. They didn't help him. A Samaritan came by who was actually uh, an enemy of the Jews. A Samaritan came by and helped this guy and brought him to a hotel and said hey take care of him and I'll pay for I'll pay for all these things and of course that's what Jesus did for us we were the we were left dead and Jesus came and took care of us but who of us would act like that for somebody else and basically the whole point there would be that loving your neighbor as yourself means going far beyond just saying I love you far beyond just an affectionate feeling towards somebody else, but it says you you give yourself for that person, and the standard of the law is that loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. It's so it's such a high standard that none of us can keep it, and we we can only have our mouths stopped if we if we understand what the true meaning of the law is. So, you know, we get into this place where people are finding out, okay, so I'm not justified by the law. Um, there's nothing that I can do to change my position in, in Christ or how God thinks of me, how much he loves me. Uh, there's nothing that um, I can do to change any of that. So what what is it I'm supposed to do now? I mean, that, that's, you know, we, we've been so caught up with uh, doing instead of just being uh, people are wondering, well, does that mean I can go out and do anything I want to? <laughs> you know, can I just go out and do And I, I hear that all the time, you know, you know, well-meaning people. And I, I've gone through it myself as, as I've come into a, a greater understanding of grace. The, the question always comes up and says, well, if, if what you're saying is true, then people will just go out and do whatever they want. 
Right, and that's of course never been God's purpose in in giving His grace and in, in giving His Son Jesus Christ to die on, on the cross for us. But the, the total opposite of that is that you know in, instead of trying to earn righteousness by what we do, God gives us the gift of righteousness, and we live out of that. And and if if who we are in Christ Jesus, if what God has made us to be is righteous, which it is, He's made us righteous. In fact, that verse in Romans where Paul is talking about the depravity of man, he goes on to say, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Christ to all and on all and on all who believe. So anybody who believes in Christ Jesus has this righteousness. And if that's what we've been made to be, then anything that we do that is apart from the holiness of God is, is not being who we are. Mm, yeah, yeah, that, that's that's good stuff. Well, Joel, we're we're going to have to wrap up again for this week. Uh, maybe we can pick up next time where we're leaving off today. Well, thank you very much for listening. I'm Joel Brzezinski, along with Mike Kapler, getting together every week here on Grace Walk Radio for our program, which we call Growing in Grace, trying each week to just talk this thing out of growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's so much to learn. There's so much uh, to understand, and talking about it and hearing what each other has to say is, is, has just been a blessing to each of us and hopefully to you too. If you have any questions or want to get a hold of us for any reason, you can go to the website graceroots.org, grace, R-O-O-T-S, graceroots.org, and you can get a hold of us through there. And we sure do appreciate having you along with us every week. And we'll be back again with you next week for more talk about growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ with our program Growing in Grace. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ.